Hello and welcome to the Lancet Global Health Podcasts. My name is Nina Putness. Today we are discussing the important but vastly understudied issue of children living with neurological impairments in sub-Saharan Africa. This is the topic of two articles in this month's The Lancet Global Health Issue, published today, the 7th of November 2019. The first is an original research paper, a cohort study following up over 300 children in rural Kenya over 17 years, and the second a linked comment discussing this paper. Today we are joined on the phone from Kenya by Jonathan Abuga, who is the first author of our research paper and with whom we are discussing this topic today. Neurological impairments are understood here as in five domains. These are epilepsy, impairments to vision or to hearing, motor impairments, so to do with movement, and cognitive impairments, such as learning or communication difficulties. As important improvements to child survival have occurred worldwide, the number of children living with impairments has increased and will likely continue to do so. In sub-Saharan Africa, a region that has seen some of the lowest rates of improvement in child mortality overall, in 2016 there are likely almost 15 million children living with neurological disabilities. This growing number of children with additional needs, however, is not matched by sufficiently increased care or support, with many areas having little or no access to social protection, affordable health or social care, or the tools needed to support these children, including, for example, glasses, or hearing or walking aids. In addition to this, there is very little data to inform us about numbers or the health and the lives of these children. They are not always visible and systems are often not set up to record the data we need to truly understand this topic. Disability worldwide is thankfully an increasing focus of the global health community and this paper contributes important evidence to this significant global gap. Jonathan Abuga is a doctoral researcher working with the Neurosciences Group at the Kemri Wellcome Research Programme in Kalifi, Kenya. He has a background in epidemiology and biostatistics and his current research project aims at determining changes in the burden of neurological impairments and disability in African children. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. In your study, you recruited 306 children alongside identifying over 9,900 controls. So these are children without neurological impairment from the Kilifi Health and Demographic Surveillance System, an area in rural Kenya where the system supports increased community-based surveillance. These children were aged six to nine years back in 2001, and you have followed them up over 17 years, which is really important. But just before we get to talking about the importance of this, however, I'd really be interested to hear how or why this study came about and perhaps a little bit about your context there in Kenya. Thank you very much, Nina. Um, Back then, uh, in 2001, there was very little data on neurological disability in African children. And uh, there were few studies on this topic, and we needed a way of estimating the burden of neurodisability in older children. And one of the problems we had was that less than 5% of children with disability used hospital facilities. Therefore, we conducted a large cross-sectional survey to identify these children in their respective community. 
This was one of the first studies conducted in Sub-Saharan Africa using methods which are known to work in similar settings such as Bangladesh, Pakistan and Jamaica. As I've mentioned, you followed up a significant number of these children over a pretty long time, so since 2001. How did you manage to do this practically in a region where, as you've just said, data was poor, and especially back then? And what were the challenges, or did you come up with any challenges to collect this data? Uh, yes, we were concerned about long-term mortality outcomes in children with neurological impairments and disability, and um, the survey which we conducted had to be done within a defined community which would allow us to follow the participants over time to determine the risk of uh, mortality. One year before we conducted that uh, community survey, the Cambry Welcome Trust Research Program established an excellent health and demographic surveillance system which covered a geographical area of about 900 kilo, uh, square kilometers and a defined population of about 260,000 people. And uh, they also established um, household surveillance whereby uh, trained field workers will visit um, these um, uh, community two to three times a year to update births, migration status and deaths, and later verbal autopsy introduced in the year 2008. So it is in this context that we designed this uh, large follow-up study which involved uh, confirmed cases and controls from the Baseline survey and an age-matched sample from the same community. And this really important data um, sadly proved your concerns correctly. So, so your study did, did unfortunately find that those children you followed up with neurological impairments in the sitting were at higher risk of premature mortality than their counterparts and also compared to the general population. You found some important risk factors of this. Could you please talk us through these risks? Yeah, um, uh, first let me talk briefly about the risk of premature mortality. Uh, yes, we found uh, a higher risk about three to four times uh, among children with neurological impairments compared to controls and the age match sample from the population and also um, uh, the risk of mortality was similar across the different domains. And um, the two risk factors which were significantly associated with increased uh, risk, from, uh, risk of mortality were developmental delay at the age of two years and uh, developmental delay can be seen as a marker of intellectual disability and secondly there was uh, undernutrition and uh, undernutrition possibly resulted from uh, neglect by their families uh, maybe they were not well fed uh, because children with neurological impairments are usually not able to uh, feed by themselves most of the time um, uh, however, we need to understand that these risk factors were predictive because they were measured in the baseline and um, they were assessed also in uh, our particular age group, which was children aged six to nine years, which could be different uh, from younger children. And uh, maybe I need also to note that there is a need to uh, investigate other risk factors uh, between, between the times of follow-up in future studies. Bearing in mind those caveats, this is nevertheless really important stuff, but what does this really mean for children or their health facilities and surrounding health and social care organisations in Kenya or in similar settings? So by that I mean perhaps what needs to change? Uh, let me 
first of all say that this simply means that the plight of children with neurological impairment and disabilities, including um, a higher risk of premature mortality, should be widely recognized and highlighted with uh, both the local and international agencies. And then what about, uh, about what needs to change? There is a need for action from all stakeholders, including uh, the parents uh, and guardians, the healthcare systems, and uh, the policymakers to improve survival in children with um, uh, neurological disability. Uh, these children need to be identified and um, appropriate interventions uh, set up to support them. Uh, there is also need to combat uh, uh, societal stigma as children with uh, uh, neurological impairments and other forms of uh, uh, disability, especially mental disability, are often neglected in, in African settings. Thankfully, disability inclusion and care is perhaps a growing priority for the global community, and it's absolutely an ethical imperative, but potentially quite a challenging one, as you mentioned, perhaps due to lots of issues around social stigma and beliefs around disability or, or important issues around funding, access and the provision of good care for groups that may need some additional needs. What would you like to see in Kenya or across sub-Saharan Africa or indeed globally in terms of the steps forward to improve the health and well-being of these children? Uh, first, there is a need to address stigmatization, uh, possibly through public health interventions such as community awareness uh, uh, programs so that parents uh, and guardians and families and the communities can take a lead in caring for children with neurological impairments uh, and disabilities. Uh, secondly, uh, families need to know that some impairments like epilepsy can be managed and as such, uh, children with these impairments can seek for medical care. Rehabilitation services such as physiotherapy and occupational therapy are available for those with motor impairments, which can help them adapt to their environment uh, for improved survival and improved quality of life. Thirdly, disability is linked to poverty. Currently, the government of Kenya offers disability grants, but unfortunately these are not taken up either due to lack of information or due to the stigma associated with neurodisability. There is also the problem of corruption, um, embezzlement of funds, and nepotism in the issuance of these resources. And finally, there is a need for increased investment in hospitals and uh, schools to take care, uh, to cater for uh, those with special needs, including neurological impairments and disability and uh, community-based uh, rehabilitation programs are required because hospitals may not sufficiently cater for all the needs of these children. And this should go along with empowering the parents and the immediate family members and the community for better care of these children. I absolutely agree and thank you so much for explaining this to us and for joining us today on this podcast. Thank you for offering us the chance to share our findings with the world. You are very welcome.